You know, ever since Chris and I started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. You know, you got the Texans or the Bengals, Clemson or Louisville. Let me tell you this. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. Right now, you can use promo code WCE100 for a 100% deposit bonus. That means they're going to match everything that you put into your first account. Mybookie.ag has been in this business for years. Their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payout. Seriously, just two business days. So go to mybookie.ag, enter in promo code WCE100. That's WCE100. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Winning everything. Here are your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 132. This is the Tuesday, September 19th edition of the show. It is our college football rundown, the recap of the weekend that was, and the NFL recap of what was. Uh, Chris, how uh, did you feel about this weekend? Let's go ahead and just start there. I was really disappointed in just about every game that I wanted to be good or exciting. And, and this is not just that some of the games I wanted didn't go my way. It, a lot of these games just weren't fun to watch. Yeah, I could see that. I don't that. think I got very much entertainment value in hardly any of the games that I watched. I I thought it was a good weekend. Texas USC was a lot of fun. Um Florida, Tennessee, the end of the game was crazy. I, I, dis- I disagree with that. I don't – just because they went into overtime doesn't make it fun. Now, once they got into overtime, it was fun. Same thing at Florida, Tennessee. Like, you can't give me three and a half hours of garbage and then 20 minutes of excitement and say, look, it was a great game. No, 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 I, no I totally understand no, that. No, I totally agree with you there. Uh, but as far as the endings go, the endings definitely were entertaining. Uh, Memphis-UCLA was a lot of fun. So it it was it was okay, it was okay. Um, let's let's dive into the ACC first. Let's go on and start there. Uh, I had Pitt plus fourteen. Obviously, looking back, I had no idea what I was talking about. Oklahoma State looks just unreal right now. Their offense is clicking. Um, I mean, it, it looks like Matt Canada leaving Pitt was a really big deal. Was it more Nathan Peterman uh, leaving Pitt as the quarterback? But no. Is it more Matt Canada? In my opinion, and I know that I'm biased because he's my coach, and people are saying, well, I thought Canada was going to fix the offense at LSU. We'll get there, all right? We'll get there. But, no, I think losing Canada is a big deal. I absolutely do. And the reason I say that is because I don't know that Nathan Peterman was anything special. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't garbage. But but he wasn't, wasn't like, all-time great. So So he made an NFL roster, but he he was, like, a fifth-round draft pick, you know. Tennessee reject that kind of stuff. He he turned him into an all world quarterback, and and now they've got Max Brown, who was a USC guy, but obviously he wasn't great at USC. Um, so I'm, I don't know what to think of Pitt right now. Uh, Pat Narduzzi's got a lot. He, he's got a long Pitt's way to go. Bad. Yeah, I think Pitt's bad, and and I think Oklahoma State looks unbeatable. Now they haven't been tested yet. They'll get tested this weekend. Everybody, and so they they got TCU in Stillwater oh, yeah. this TCU? weekend. Listen, so the TCU game I'm super excited about the way they looked, and um, I'm really excited about when they go to Morgantown. God, that's like the last week in October, and <laughs> and they play West Virginia. That game is – Morgantown on Halloween weekend is going to be sick. Oklahoma State coming to town. I really hope both those two teams are playing well and and looking good because that game should be exciting. I agree. All right, now, uh, Duke still looked dominant. Um, we're not going to talk too much about it. Baylor looked very much improved. Uh, what I saw with the game was Baylor is is more talented than Duke, uh, but Duke is insanely better coached right now. And it's not that, that Matt Rule is a bad coach. I think over time, you know, he'll be able to do more with Baylor than Cutcliffe is able to do with Duke. But I think... It, 
Baylor had more talent. Duke had a better system and was better coached. And Duke wins by 14, which is exactly what the line was. So did you see anything different? That's what the number was. No, well, okay, so Duke is, has been beating people by 30, 50, 60 points, all right? They've really been smoking folks. So the fact that Baylor, who lost to two cupcake schools back-to-back weeks, um, comes in and gives a fighting game, Duke scores kind of a garbage-time touchdown to make it 14. Yeah. Um, they, they scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter just to push the line. That that really did not matter. So, um, I, you know, I, I actually think Baylor's much improved. I don't know that they win a lot of games, but but every week they seem to be getting more competitive. How about this question? Tell me tell me this right quick. Let me interrupt you. Baylor just got done going 0-3 in their non-conference. They've got nine games left against Big 12 teams. Do you think that they will win a game this year? Yeah, they'll beat Kansas. They'll beat Kansas. Okay. Kansas is is bad. Kansas is awful. Um, I keep thinking that they're going to get a coach in there that's going to make them better, and every week they just disappoint more and more. Uh, They will compete, depending on how late that game is. I don't know what falls on the schedule with Iowa State. Uh, The later the game is in the season, the better Baylor's chances are to compete with that game. Okay. But if it's really if it's quick, I would say to run them out of the out of the stadium. Okay. All right. Now tell me this, uh, Wake Forest. I we we talked about whether or not they are for real this year. I don't know that we should take them seriously as a contender. I think they've had some good wins over teams that they should beat. Um, they they massacred Boston College, but then Notre Dame turned around and did the same thing. I I think that Wake Forest is able to beat teams that they are equally as talented as or more so. And once they get into this next slate of games, which is just bananas, uh, then, you know, they're going to end up having some trouble. Uh, what do you think on that? I mean, do you think Wake Forest is a uh, is a legit team? Man, I don't, I don't really know. I, I think they're good. I think they're really good. I'm trying to figure out how I feel about the ACC. Uh, you know, we're not talking about a lot of these games because it didn't have very many interesting games. But, you know, Virginia Tech, how good are they? I don't know. Um, you know, Louisville, how good are they? We don't really know. I'm, not I'm, good I'm enough to compete with intrigued to watch them play those games. Yeah. No, I'm intrigued to watch them. We'll get into that game next. I, I'm intrigued to watch them play against maybe the upper middle tier. I want to see them play Duke. I think that's going to be an unbelievable game. You got two North Carolina private schools that are normally not great at football that are playing really well. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out where that, that's why I like this Duke Wake Forest kind of combo right here in the middle of the ACC. I think they're in the middle of it, and and I think they're playing well. And and I want to see that game. I want to see when they play each other because I think that's your even playing field. Well, here, here's what their schedule entails, right? So they beat Presbyterian, they beat Boston College, they beat Utah State. They they handled all of them easily. This week, they've got Appalachian State, and they play on the road at App State. After that, that's when it gets real. They they host Florida State, they play at Clemson, at Georgia Tech, they host Louisville, they play at Notre Dame, at Syracuse, NC State, and Duke. It's about to get real. They're gonna have them. some tough games. Yeah. And so Florida State and Clemson in back to back weekends, and then they have to go on the road at Georgia Tech, followed up with Louisville and at Notre Dame. That's, I mean, you you could have five straight losses right there, and and nobody would blink an eye. It wouldn't be that big of a deal, because you expect well, to lose. But it. if they're if they're if they're the Wake Forest of the new team and not the Wake Forest that we remember in the past, then then yeah, those. Two back-to-back games are going to be awful, but can they go into Georgia Tech and win? And then, sure, I mean they can beat Notre Dame. I don't, I don't see Notre Dame being a whole lot better than Wake Forest. The only bad thing is they have to play at Notre Dame and at Georgia Tech, and then they host Louisville. So it, it's yeah. it's going to be interesting uh, yeah. to see what happens. So, but it, it is a team to watch out for because they have absolutely slaughtered everybody else. Uh, let's let's move to the biggest game of the weekend, all right? So Clemson, they look like the best team in the country, and I I told you I felt like they were going to come out and just blast Louisville, and they show enough did it. 
I mean, they they put up all sorts of points. They held Lamar Jackson to 21 points. Uh, didn't really turn the football over. They they were sound on defense. I mean, their defense looks just unbelievable right now. Uh, did you see anything from it that would lead you to believe that they are not the front runner in the ACC? No, and I think they're the best. I, I think that's it. They're the best overall team in the country. They're the most complete team in the country. Alabama's woes on offense are real. They're still there. Ohio State's woes on offense are real. They're there. I think Oklahoma's woes on defense are still real in there. Um, I think they're the best overall team in the country. Yeah. If that offense can score points, there aren't a lot of teams that are going to score a lot on that defense. So. No, you're entirely right about that. All right, so let's uh, let's jump off that. Let's move to the Big 12. Kansas State lost a tough game in Nashville. Vanderbilt is uh, – Vandy looks like they might be a, a real contender in the East. Um, but let, let's stay on Kansas State for a minute. I, I think they're still alive in the Big 12. The conference looks better than we than we thought before the season started. But I believe because Kansas State actually plays defense – there's not another team that has a defense like Vanderbilt in the Big 12. I think Kansas State not could actually end up being okay in this, even with this loss. You see anything so different? I, I really – well, no, um, this, this – I think the Big 12 is a lot better than they've been in the past. And I think this is the year they get a team into the playoff. Um, they don't get left out this year, and it's not because – people feel sorry for them or anything like that it is strictly because they've earned it oklahoma oklahoma state tcu kansas state are all playing with the big boys and all looking really good so um you're right kansas state's the only one that plays defense out of those teams at at the level that they're playing uh i don't know that they can keep up with the oklahoma state's and the Oklahoma's on offense, though. I don't, I just don't, I don't know that they I don't can. Know but, I mean, I, I are wanna, those teams going to see a defense? It. You know? Well, Oklahoma, Oklahoma saw a defense in Ohio State. Nah, you're they right. still didn't have a problem putting up, putting up points. You're so, right. Tell I me just, this. Let, let's I, talk about I want to see Kansas State be good, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I, they could be good. They could be 9-3 and three good. They could be, you know, 8-4 and four good. It, it's It's the same old thing. Right, they just don't have the, they don't have the talent, and I don't know that they ever will. Um, let, let's talk about Vanderbilt. I know we're in the Big Twelve, but the, Vandy looks like a legit contender in the East. I know they play Alabama this weekend, but it, there is no reason for me to think that they can't beat Florida and Georgia this year. Like I, I think they beat Tennessee last year. I think they could beat them again this year. They've got a great quarterback. The defense is fantastic. Uh, I thought that they would drop off some. This year, because I, I thought, uh, you know, losing Zach Cunningham, uh, that star middle linebacker, I, I thought they might be in trouble there. But the defense looks great. Offense is not making mistakes. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's hyperbole. I think Vandy is a legit contender for the SEC East this year. I hope I hope you're right because my pick went down in flames. But it, I just don't know. I want to see them play Georgia. That's the team I want to see them play. I don't say they have to beat everybody else because somebody's going to come out of the East with several losses. They always do. They're going to happen. Yeah. But I, I want to I want to see them play Georgia. I have not been sold on Kirby Smart, and I'm holding back judgment on Georgia right now, have all season, because they haven't played anybody yet. This week, Georgia gets tested. And I don't want to hear they played Notre Dame, and they went into Notre Dame and played Notre Dame. That was 50-50 on that school stadium being Georgia fans, and Notre Dame's not real good. So I'm I'm excited to see them host Mississippi State this week. But if Vanderbilt Vanderbilt could beat Georgia, I think the East is theirs. Well, they – I mean, it's going to be a difficult slate because they play Alabama this weekend. Vandy's got – they go to Florida the week after that. So they'll be pretty beat up from the Alabama game, I would imagine. Um, And that's an 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, then they play Georgia. Then they go to Ole Miss, to South Carolina. And that's that's the stretch right there that's going to tell you whether or not they can compete. Because if they get – obviously, we'll chalk up the Alabama game as a loss. But if they get either Florida or Georgia, 
then there's no telling what happens when they go to Oxford. Um, there's no telling what happens when they go to South Carolina. So, but if if they beat Florida or Georgia, they've got a real shot here. I think I think the key is going to be getting out of the Bama game healthy. That's it. That's it. Just try yes. to get out healthy. Exactly. Um, let's stay in the Big Twelve. Let's talk about Texas USC. Uh, USC did not look very impressive at all. Um, but we'll we'll talk about them a little bit in the uh, when we move to the Pac twelve. Let, let's talk about Texas. I brought up to you at last week that I I really thought that Texas would be up for this game because that's what Tom Herman does. They found their defense, and it was the offense that let them down this time. And I don't know if that was because USC's defense was was better, or if it was just they're they're trying new things. Um, how good can Texas be this year? I don't think they're very good at all. <clears throat> I think they'll be in the middle of the Big Twelve. That's it. I don't think they beat Kansas State. I don't think they beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU. I just don't see them beating those schools. I don't think they can beat West Virginia. Boy, that would be that put them at five and seven if they lose all those teams. It, it, and that's if they it, win it, all the it, other and games. And the fact that they'll lose all of those games is crazy. I don't think they'll lose them all. But I think all of those teams will will be very closely either favored or or if if Texas is favored, it'll be a small number. I don't think that Texas will be a heavy favorite against any of those guys. Any of them at all. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. I, I look at Texas as probably a seven to five football team. So they're they're one and two now. Uh if they go six and three in conference, I mean that's a win. That's an absolute win. And so and it, oh, I mean no, that'll be yeah. If they go six and three in conference, that'll be huge. That'll exactly. be a miracle. Um all right, let's move on. Let's talk uh let's talk Big Ten. We'll we'll get this over quick. There's not much that happened. Michigan uh kinda they decided to sleepwalk through Air Force. They won twenty nine thirteen. Uh, the only game that really was somewhat interesting was Purdue going on the road and beating up Missouri. And, I, I mean, what Jeff Brom, I think, has significantly turned this thing around in just one year. Is there any shot? Bad. Is there any shot that they can pull an upset against Michigan if Michigan can't score this coming weekend? Because they host, uh, they host Michigan this weekend. This is going to be Michigan's toughest test of the year so far, I think. And and I, I do think, for as much as I've talked up Michigan, I think Purdue can win this game. I don't think they're going to be favored in it. I'm not picking them to win it. But, but would it shock me if they do? No. No, it wouldn't shock me at all. Here's what's crazy. Braun was – you know, there were, there, were, there were people writing about this game that I was reading online. Like – he did not break out any, like, exotic offense against Missouri. He ran a very vanilla, a very, you know, just blocking, tackling, you know, running through your holes, assignment football offense, and beat the hell out of Missouri. And Missouri's offense is supposed to be great. They're supposed to be worldwide. Three points? Now, Purdue, Purdue is not Kansas State. Purdue is not Vanderbilt. Purdue is not Alabama or Ohio State on defense. Three points? It, it's a little fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it's just it's it's crazy to think that that's uh, that that's what's going on here. I don't think Purdue's defense is that good, but yeah, I don't think their defense is is great. But I I think they can put up points. I think they can put up a lot of points. Oh, that that I can do. So well, let's uh, look at it this way. Uh, MyBookie.ag has already got the NCAA lines up. And Michigan is a nine and a half point favorite at Purdue. Before the no season, way. that would that, no that would have been a twenty something point line, easy. So while we're at that, let's talk about my bookie for just a second. Uh, it, look, there's a lot of sports books out there. MyBookie.ag is is literally the best one. I'll, I'll only tell you that because personally, I use them. And they are the best. Uh, go to mybookie.ag, enter in promo code WCE100. You get a 100% deposit bonus 
Uh, basically, that means they're going to double your first deposit. So you're making money right off the bat before you even do anything. So knock that thing out. Go to mybookie.ag, click sign up, enter promo code WCE100, and they will double your first deposit. You can't get better than that. So, and Chris, you can vouch for me. You use them too. They're fantastic, right? Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm a big MyBookie my fan. I will tell you this. I want to preface this because I'm always going to be honest with everybody. This is an offshore account, okay? So when you go to put your credit card in or your banking information in, it is secure. They do unbelievable job making sure it's secure and their customer service is great. There is a really good chance that your bank or your credit card, if you are in the United States, is going to flag it as fraud and not make the transaction go through. All you have to do is let your bank know or your credit card know, nope, I purchased this. I did this on purpose. This is me. And then redo it one more time. Make sure you put the code in, WCE100, and they will help you get straight through, get all your stuff taken care of, your deposit in, and make all the plays you want to make. Well, on top of that, you can also deposit using Bitcoin. Uh, you can do all sorts of stuff, and they pay out in two days, like literally two business days. You are not going to find anybody. Look, sportsbook.ag, I used them for, for years back in the day. It took four to six weeks to get a check from them. So if you won, Bingo. you had to wait for over a month before you could get paid. Not like this. These that guys pay out in two I, days. I always used to shop local. Oh, you yeah. and I have talked about this. I used to use the local guy. I got to meet him in some sketchy area, and and you know, I, you know, it, it's not as as you know savvy as as it, it probably should be, but uh, it was because I knew I needed to get my money, and uh, uh, my bookie ag. They have no problems. When it's that quick, when it's that easy, then then I'm then I'm always going to take that. Absolutely. So make sure go go click sign up and whatnot. Use the promo code WCE100, and they will match your first deposit. So you can put in a hundred bucks; they're going to give you a hundred bucks. You put in a hundred fifty; they're going to give you a hundred fifty. I mean, it's you're doubling your money just right off the bat. So it, it's pretty awesome. Go check it out. Mybookie.ag promo code WCE100. Uh, let's jump from there. Let's go to the Pac-12. Let's talk about some local Pac-12, which sounds weird because you know we're in Memphis. But uh, UCLA came to Memphis and uh, and got a big L handed to them. Memphis looked like a, a mirror image of UCLA, and UCLA. I think UCLA left their defense over on the West Coast. Like, did you see that in that? I don't game? know if UCLA has a defense. I don't know if UCLA has a defense. <laughs> they may not. That, the, the, the line that I like, UCLA is all speed, no power. They can they can run real, real fast, and they can put up points with the best of them. But they have to keep putting up points because they have no power game whatsoever. They don't have a four- or five-minute offense, six-minute offense, kill the clock with a lead. That's not an option for them. If they punt, you're going to score. It's just the way it is. It's going to happen. Um, yeah. What did you think of Josh Rosen? I thought Rosen looked okay. I thought he got flustered in spots because he knew that he had to score it, it, basically every time every he got the football. Drive. And that's a every lot drive. of pressure to put on somebody. You know, I, I thought they would I have more talent. Got- I, I thought they'd be more prepared for this one. Uh, body clock, man, body clock doesn't help. They had to play at 9 o'clock local time. And it, honestly, you know, everybody talked in about Josh Rosen. But Riley Ferguson, I mean, he he looked every bit the equal of Josh Rosen. And I think he made a big-time payday because that was an ABC national game. Everybody saw Riley Ferguson from Memphis throw for six touchdowns and almost 400 yards. Uh, they, look, Memphis is legit. That's a real team. We told everybody last week to go on and take Memphis. So I, what, tell me what you thought. Did you see anything different? No, I picked them to win the game. They won the game. Um, here's here's the one thing. So so Josh Rosen being the national story and the national guy in this whole thing, I think he got frustrated because he had some turnovers in this game where he was hitting receivers in the hands and they're just throwing the ball up and DBs just catch them. Like that for a quarterback has to be infuriating because oh, yeah. I can't I can't put it in your hands any better than I'm putting it in your hands and if you're not going to catch it put the damn thing on the ground but don't tap it in the air where two or three receivers defenders are just jump in and, and take it from you 
So I, I thought I thought he was getting rattled, he was getting shaken, like you said, and and that affected the game big time. Yeah, it I really think did. Ryan Ferguson got paid on that game, and I think Mike Norvell got paid on that game. Yeah, Mike Norvell looked. He passed we his can, interview can, big time. We can say we can say goodbye in Memphis to Mike Norvell. You really think so? That quick? National TV? Yeah, yeah. National TV, ABC picked it up. Everybody in the country is going to watch this game for film. There are about to be, and you know, just in the SEC alone, there could be seven or eight jobs open up this year. Oh, that's and that's legit. That's entirely that's not, true. That's not exagger- exaggerating. There could be seven or eight jobs open this year. Well, that, the fourteen. Me... You yeah. think Riley Ferguson, a Southern boy, ain't going to take one of those jobs? That are going to pay him way more money than Memphis can. You mean Mike That's Norville? That's crazy. <laughs> Mike Norville, sorry. Yeah. No, look, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who else ended up getting paid. Uh, Anthony Miller, wide receiver. He he was a former walk-on, but this dude he had nine receptions, 185 yards, two touchdowns. He was legit, and he has been legit. So I mean, he had like 1,500 receiving yards last year. He's he's awesome. That that dude is for real, um, so yeah, I I would roll and keep a keep an eye on Memphis this year. That they, they rescheduled the UCF game for September thirtieth. Keep an eye on them because that that ball game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think. Um, let's talk about Stanford. Stanford goes on the road to San Diego State and loses twenty to seventeen. They gave up a touchdown you, in the last minute. You gotta explain this Stanford to me because I can't figure them out. I don't know that I can't explain them. Um, I think this was a trap spot. I don't think they were really looking at this game as as one that they could possibly lose. And the reason I say that is they played USC last week, and they were all up emotionally for that. And then they play UCLA this coming week, and they were all up for that, right? So San Diego State is somebody that you're, you, you don't even have to game plan for. You just kind of throw your guys out there, and you should be able to beat them. Um, I don't think they're good enough now to be able to do that. You can't sleepwalk through some of these games. And that's that's where there's an issue is you're going to have a problem when you're San Diego State and Memphis and whatnot in, in trying to schedule you know, good teams from power conferences that you might be able to beat. Because, you know, it's one thing for San Diego State to beat Arizona State. It's a whole thing entirely for them to beat Stanford. So when you're one of these big Power 5 teams, you're looking for breaks in the schedule, and you don't want to fill them up with with teams that could possibly beat you. And that that's how I see this. I see this as they, they weren't ready for this ballgame at all. So, so I, that, I'll tell you this. I've made this statement in the past for coaches that get paid multiple millions of dollars it, it's okay. not coaches. It's not the coaches. Dude, you were dealing with 18 no, 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 to 22-year-old no. kids. It doesn't. It does not matter. You just said they didn't game plan for it, and you're probably right. You no, know they, why? They may have game planned a little bit. Coaches. And I'm I'm with you, but I'm telling There's you, like a little bit, week yeah. by week, game by game, you live your life one day at a time. And if these coaches, it's only it's got to be on the coaches. You don't lose to a team like San Diego State when you're Stanford and say. It's the player's fault. It's the kid's fault. No, they weren't prepared. This is on Shaw. This goes on his resume forever. And these coaches that fall, I know that trap games happen all the time, all right? But if you're a coach, if you're a head coach, and you fall into trap games, shame on you. You got one job is to get these guys ready. You got a whole week to do it. If you're playing a cupcake team, you still get them ready to beat that cupcake team. And if you're looking ahead to the next week, you deserve to lose. You absolutely deserve to lose. I get sick of hearing people talk about, well, it was a trap game. They were looking to this game, or they were, you know. Do you think it's still possible looking that, back at that game? Do you think it's possible that, USC that just kind that of broke coach them? Shouldn't be the head coach anymore. I don't no, know about all that. No, USC's not good enough to break anybody. USC's not good enough to break anybody. I'm just talking about breaking spirit because they thought they were going to go into USC and, and physically dominate them. Well, they did because maybe they're not tough enough. Maybe they're not as tough as they think they are. That's entirely possible. So, um, Kyle I got am, a win over. I'm down on that stuff. All right, look. Uh, I'm just, I'm just way down on that. I, I can understand. I understand that. 
So, look, uh, Cal got a win over Ole Miss. That is two wins over Power 5 teams in North Carolina and Ole Miss that, that they were not expected to have. Uh, that sets up USC going to Berkeley and both teams undefeated next week. Well, what do you make of this whole thing? If if USC sleepwalks through this game and doesn't game plan, they'll get beat. A hundred percent. They'll get beat. I don't think USC, USC is good enough to, uh, good enough yeah. to to overlook anybody. All right? But they I, haven't earned that either. I don't know what to make of USC right now. At, like they they looked kind of crappy against uh, against Western Michigan, who ended up getting throttled by Michigan State, and then they show up and they hammer Stanford. But then Stanford gets beat by San Diego State. They were in a dogfight with Texas, who just got mauled at home by Maryland. You know, Sam Darnold has thrown two picks in every game so far this year. I think they're really talented, but I don't know what to make of. Well, yeah, of course they're talented. No one's going to deny that. That doesn't mean they're good. That's entirely so, true. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I think we way over. I know that I. I can speak for myself. I way overrated uh, USC this year, and they could easily go undefeated through the schedule. I, I think the Pac-12 is down. I think if if I'm just judging on the first three weeks of football that we've watched so far. If there's one Power Five conference is getting left out, it is them because not one team has said, "Hey." I deserve to be here. I deserve to be in the conversations with the Alabamas and the Ohio States and the Michigans and the Penn States and the Clemsons and, and, and these schools. Not not one. Not one school has shown that they belonged in that category. They could easily finish undefeated. Yeah. I think they should still be left out. But something drastic changes. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it, there's, there's a lot that'll end up happening. You know for a fact if they go undefeated, they're not getting left out. Like you, you know that. So, because they'll, I mean, they'll so be thirteen they go and undefeated. Clemson goes undefeated. Alabama goes undefeated. Penn State goes undefeated, and Oklahoma goes undefeated. You leave them out over Oklahoma because you're not leaving Penn State out. You're not leaving Alabama out, and you're not leaving Clemson out. Well, it depends on what it, what the they Big Ten does. It depends on the conference. There's no damn way. I don't know that no, there's any way I, I that you'll right have five undefeated. But I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. They've got the they've got the easiest road to go undefeated other than Alabama. They've what? got the easiest. Bama doesn't play another good team the rest of the year. <clears throat> I mean, we'll see, it, because it, a lot of it's going to be, you know, who did Penn State play out of conference? They'll look at that. They so, got to play Ohio State. They got to play Michigan. It doesn't matter. They beat those two teams. It don't matter. Well, and then they'll Those probably have to beat Wisconsin. Anybody, Alabama. Yeah. So, ah, who knows? I mean, it, we're a long way away from that. I don't think we'll have to deal with it. I think, I think if USC keeps playing like that, they're going to get picked off sooner oh, than I later. Oh, I agree. I completely agree. So let's let's That's jump right. into SEC. You ready? All right. How good is not, Mississippi not really. State? <laughs> like, they're look. I think Mississippi State is really good. Like, I think their ceiling, they, they could compete for the SEC West. I don't think that they've got the depth of somebody like Alabama. Um, it, I don't think LSU is, is as bad as they looked the other night. I think the whole thing just kind of snowballed on LSU. Like, it, it, Danny Etling is still the quarterback for this team, so they're not going to do a whole lot through the air. Um, LSU's problem right now is on defense, which you wouldn't expect that. They got some little bitty dudes on defense, man. Did you notice that their their defensive line averages less than three hundred pounds a guy? Yeah, they're, they're small and they're supposed to be small and fast, but they're they're just not. Well, and, and you and you can be fast, but when you get physically dominated up front, like Mississippi State did to them, you know, there's other teams in this conference that that will be able to do that. And there's going to be games that LSU looks like world beaters. But they lost a lot of. It, I didn't realize they lost so much size last year. I mean, that is. It, I, I never saw a thirty-seven to seven final. They got more players in the NFL. They got more players in the NFL than any school in the country. Okay, that's including Ohio State. That's including Alabama. All right, <clears throat> they are not the equivalency of Ohio State and Alabama. They don't get to reload like that. So. 
that it's just when you continually lose over three and four years that quality of talent, you, you you're eventually gonna not be as great as you always are. Second thing, Danny Etling is still a quarterback at LSU. He is still the worst quarterback in the SEC. And that, I don't know that that's arguable. Uh, maybe Florida's quarterback, Tennessee's quarterback, showed that they were worse than him. But, you know, that's a that's a conversation you don't really want to be in, but but he's in that. Yeah. And so to expect Canada to come in and, and make LSU's offense just run and be fixed is just not realistic. I don't blame Canada for a bad offense right now. It, when Danny Etling's always got to work with, that, that, that's not his fault. No, I, I agree. I agree. All right, let's. Uh, I did not expect thirty-seven to seven. Um, we're going to find out more about state this week. They play at Athens. They play. Uh, they play at Georgia. So if they can get a win against Georgia, uh, they host Auburn the week after that. And I mean, they they are going to have a lot of spotlight on them. We'll see how this team does now that they got a spotlight. Um, let's talk I'm, about. I'm going to tell, tell you this before we get off that because you just made okay. that statement real quick. College game day doesn't need to know two weeks in advance where they're going. After Saturday, they can make a decision on where they're going to go. College game day should be in Athens, Georgia. Yeah, I agree. Mississippi State deserves that type of attention, and Georgia deserves that type of attention. They went on national TV, and they beat the hell out of two powerhouse programs the last two weeks. They're both undefeated, and they're playing a big-time conference game in Athens. That deserves game day. That absolutely deserves game day. And it's a damn shame it's not getting it. Oh, instead they're just going to be in New York. I don't think I like the uh, be, decision. We're just going to be in Madison Square Garden. Or no, 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 and in we're Times just Square. Not be in, whatever. <laughs> but they're not going to be in any game. They're no just gonna, game. They're just going to be sitting in the middle of Times Square. Yeah. They're not doing anything. Like, I have a problem with that. There are schools that deserve some attention. And Mississippi State's one of them. Yeah. Go there. Go go to Athens. Give them some love. Because this may be the only right. game that that you get, Georgia. You're you're not going to be back in Athens this year, I don't think. No, no, I don't. I don't either. So, so, Georgia that, plays at Tennessee, little... and after that, I mean, they they play Florida and Jacksonville. And who else is on the so schedule? Nobody will want to watch either of those. Either neither one of those games are going to be good. Exactly. So, well, let, and, look. And let's, this is why, right? We're about to get into that. Let's talk about the SEC East. What a train wreck that went down in Gainesville, Florida. There were nine total points going into the fourth quarter. It, there's all that talent on the field, and it, as you told me, there was not a coach in sight. Like, it, I, I not one. I get all right. So look, here's this sequence right here is why I think that Butch Jones needs to be fired. Okay, and it, it wasn't. It, it may have been. Uh, his offensive coordinator, who has never been an offensive coordinator before. Um, but here's what they did, right? You've got a guy in John Kelly who had 19 carries for 141 yards. He averaged Absolutely. seven point. Yeah, he's a beast. He averaged 7.4 yards a carry. He got one touchdown. And this is what you did when you got first and goal at the Florida one, right? You had Quentin Dormady. An incomplete pass to Marcos Callaway. And then Florida got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So it, it moved you literally like the length of a football away from the goal line. And on that play. Well, what did they do after that? Here's, here, well, so then you got first and goal inside the one. And instead of Pretty calling bad. a timeout because your quarterback had to go out, you toss in the backup quarterback that has not played a down, toss him in there, and they get a false start penalty. So you still have first and goal from the five now. You got Quentin Normandy pass incomplete to Josh Palmer. Quentin Normandy pass complete to John Kelly for a loss of one, so he threw it behind the line of scrimmage. Third and goal at the six. Quentin Normandy pass intercepted by Duke Dawson at the one-yard line. How in the world? Like, I, I just, I don't get how you don't hand the ball to John Kelly. You're going to throw three passes 
when you had first and goal at the one? Explain this to me. Can, can you give me some kind of a reasoning here? I can't. I don't. I don't have the answer. And and here's the damn. I mean, they had seven plays, seven plays right down there in the red zone. They threw all seven times. They threw all seven times. And you've got a kid that is a battering ram at running back. He's the best player on the field on both sides of the football out of all 44 starting players on both teams. He is the best player on the field. Doesn't touch the ball with an opportunity to lower his shoulders and just slam his everything he has across the line. He has not been stopped all day. You're one foot away from the end zone, and you do some weird-ass screenplay where he gets tackled for a loss, and that's the only time he touches the ball out of all seven plays. That just it blows my mind. It blows my so, mind. So my question to you is this. My question to you is this. It's very simple. Do you give Florida any credit at all for winning that game? They got to win. In the record book, it shows that they win. But you watched it with your eyes, and you know that's bullshit. And I'm not saying Tennessee should have a win either. Well, but you, do you give credit, any credit at all for Florida for capitalizing on Butch Jones' incompetency? I think it's better than losing to him. Like, I, look, well, a, a win is a win, regardless of how you get it. Uh, I'm going to always give McIlwain credit for finding ways to win. Like, his his teams don't necessarily beat themselves. Like, that that's the good thing about having a decent defense, right? Is you, as long as you don't beat yourself, as long as you don't give the other team points and, and you make mistakes on penalties and whatnot, then you have a chance to win ballgames. And if you do that, you end up winning more often than not. That's kind of how Alabama plays it, right? Nick Saban's always done that too. Just go out and execute. Everything you just said, everything you just said Florida does badly. They made a lot of penalties. They made a lot of bad plays. They did all the things that you said, this is what you're not supposed to do, and this is why you're giving credit for. They did all those things poorly They did. Saturday. They did that less than Tennessee did. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying did, that Florida's good. fucking Jones is coaching Tennessee? <laughs> They're terrible. They're terrible. I will tell you this. Florida, Tennessee, awful teams. Garbage teams whatsoever. Yes. They, they won't win many SEC games at all this year. And and Florida might come up in the next couple of weeks and beat the hell out of LSU. And they're going to give me all kind of hell for it. That's fine. That's fine. You keep doing that. You keep beating up on a bad LSU team. Make yourself feel real good. Beat yourself up on a bad Tennessee team. Make yourself feel real good about yourself. That's what I want. I want Jim McElwain to keep this job. I want him to keep winning these games because he don't scare me at all. At all. Because see, if they fire McElwain, then maybe they'll actually get a competent coach. And then they'll be a threat because they got all that talent. They yeah. got a coach in sight. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. As far as the penalties go, it, look, Tennessee had seven for 54 yards. Florida had eight for 38. So it exactly. would have been more yardage, but, you know, they got some unsportsman likes and whatnot down, down near the goal line. Down, um, yeah. Where they, only, where they only gave up a foot. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but it would have been 15 if you really done it. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, look, it was a bad game. Uh, it, both both should be ashamed of the performance. I give Florida credit just because they found a way to win it. Um, but other than that, I, I don't think I don't think it's going to help him or hurt him as far as keeping his job. Right? Like the only way it hurts you as far as keeping your job is if you lose that game. And same thing goes with Butch Jones. Like everybody talked about the Georgia Tech game. It's it. it it, it's what you do in the rest of them that matters, and that's that's I, what I we don't said. know that I. I thought I thought either one of these coaches, win or lose this game, at the end of the game would justify being fired. I don't disagree. With I that. really believe that. I, I really believe that that all of both of those coaches could have been fired. We record this Monday afternoon. They all could have been fired Monday morning. Yeah. All right, we, so they got the win. Doesn't oh yeah, we we've been rolling for a while. Let's go on and close out the uh, the college football talk. Uh, your pick for the East, it kind of came crashing down, didn't it? So it, it it went down in flames this weekend. South Carolina loses at home, twenty three to thirteen, to Kentucky. 
Uh, Debo Samuel goes down. I don't, I don't know broken, that Kentucky broken leg, broken foot. Yeah, just yeah, you hate it for him because man, he is electric. He is just an electrifying player. Um, but South Carolina wasn't able to do anything with him even early. So, uh, I think no, 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 no. They did something great with him. He scored on the first play of the game. Um, and then after that, they started doubling him up and everything. At some point in time, he got hurt and he stayed in the game. And I, I looked at the guy that we were watching the game with, by Trey, and I was just like, all he is is a decoy. That's it. That's all he is. He cannot run. He cannot move. And for about a quarter and a half, he stayed playing in the game, and it come to find out he got a broke leg. Yeah. That man played a whole quarter and a half of football with a broke leg. So, no, could he do anything after that? No. But did he come out? No, he didn't quit. Nope. And that's a damn shame because he is a special, special player. South Carolina cannot win without him because they don't have the depth that Florida and Georgia and Tennessee and these other bigger SEC schools do. They don't have the depth. They're better than those schools at a lot of positions, but they don't have the depth to take a blow like that. Yeah. I just don't think so. It's This This game scared me all last week because you and I were talking about it. South Carolina looked like the best team in the East. And, and I said, this is – this is what happens. Kentucky hasn't looked very good. South Carolina has looked like world beaters. So now Kentucky obviously will go in and knock off South Carolina in Columbia. I, but I'll say it's it's one thing to predict that if Debo Samuel doesn't break his leg, he they they win this game and they win it at least by touchdown because you can't control that guy. There's nobody on the field that could hang with him. Kentucky was now I know that he had a lot of plays in the first and second quarter where where he didn't um, – where he wasn't hurt and he didn't do a whole lot after that touchdown, they started really focusing in on him. They can't do that for a whole game. You, you just can't. We've watched it over and over again. By the end of the game, a talent will always beat the team fighting like hell to stop him. But I, he breaks I agree. his leg midway through. I can't think about that. Well, here, here's the problem that I had, right? Uh, Kentucky was able to basically control the game. Like they they handled time of possession. Kentucky held on to the football for thirty seven minutes, and South Carolina only had it twenty three. If the other team's offense is not on the field, they can't score on you. Wait a minute, now that's not a big discretion at all. Thirty seven to twenty three and twenty three. That's not. I mean, dude, that's almost fifty fifty. That's literally like five minutes is, from being fifty fifty. That is. They had seven minutes from being 50-50. But okay, okay. 30, 30 37 minutes. minutes. 50-50. And, and you played, and one team played a quarter and a half without their best player. Now, but Offensively. It, look at How it can this they way. maintain drives without him? Look, Kentucky held on to the football for two and a half quarters. And South Carolina held it for one and a half. So they held it for an entire quarter longer than the other team. Kentucky had 184 yards rushing to 54 for South Carolina. Oh, half a half a quarter, seven minutes, half a quarter. That's what I'm saying. Not a whole quarter. No, but the, but it, okay. that half a quarter a that quarter they longer. got, they took away the seven minutes for South Carolina. So it's 37 minutes to 23 minutes. So yeah, that's it. Look, that is a pretty big discrepancy. All right. That means that South Carolina's offense was only on the field for 23 minutes of that ball game. I would want to know how much of that was in the fourth quarter without Debo Samuels, or at the end of the third quarter, second half of the third quarter, end of the fourth quarter. How much of that's there? Because we're looking at two different teams when one guy loses their their best player. So, I mean that that's just where all of it goes. Nobody's arguing that they're not a better team without Debo Samuels. Kentucky's a better team now. Yeah. No, so, you're you're entirely I mean, no, right. nobody's gonna disagree with that. So Well it just it changes everything mathematically. So there there was a it spot. Hurts, it, it goes down to flames. There was a spot in the first quarter, midway through the first quarter, right? Um Kentucky all right, so Kentucky had an interception on their first drive. South Carolina missed a field goal, Kentucky had a fumble on their second drive, South Carolina had an interception, Kentucky had a punt, South Carolina had a punt, and then Kentucky goes on a 13-play, 75-yard drive that took off six and a half minutes. 
South Carolina came out, did a two-minute drive. It was a three and out. They had to punt. Kentucky came back out and did an 11-play, 67-yard drive that took five and a half minutes. And and that was going into halftime there. It was 14-6 to Kentucky. And, I mean, at, at that point, Debo Samuel was out. Game was over. South Carolina was not able to hold on to the football at all in the first half whatsoever. So, you know, I mean, it's look, I think South Carolina would have had a better chance, obviously, had Debo Samuel been in the ballgame. But, I mean, it's it. Look, I don't know how good Kentucky is because I don't think they're going to be able to run the football and keep the, uh, you know, keep the ball as as long as they did. Um, but it does put them in a good position, you know, because they are they are set up. They're three and zero, and they host Florida this weekend. And I think this team is is capable of beating Florida, especially at home. Uh, you might be right. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Anybody beats Florida right now, it wouldn't shock me. It, wouldn't it'd be the me. first time they've beaten Florida in something like forty years or whatever. <laughs> like it's just bananas, just bananas. Well, yeah, it's been a long time they've done it. But this team is not the te- this Florida team is not the team that beat them all those years. Oh, I agree. But I mean, it, but if you think about it, my gosh, like there's been some bad Florida teams. Well, yeah, but Kentucky is historically awful. Oh, I know. I agree with you. I agree. So if this is the year where it ends up happening, cheers to them. I'll, I'll be pulling for them. Uh, let's move to the NFL. Uh, you can always get your NFL lines over mybookie.ag. Uh, go enter your promo code WCE100. You get uh, they'll match your deposit, hundred percent. So you put in a hundred bucks, you'll get another hundred bucks. You get two hundred for just putting in a hundred. So mybookie.ag, put in your promo code WCE100. Uh, let's talk NFL. Look, I know you're happy about this. Let's talk about the Pats first. Everybody buried the Pats, and look, the defense is still a problem. But look, their offense can still play. Tom Brady can still put up points. Uh, the Saints defense couldn't stop me and you. It hadn't been able to for years. Uh, tell me what you thought about this game. Um, it was good to see Tom at 40 do something that he's never done before. He's never thrown three touchdowns in one quarter, uh, in the first quarter. Never started a game off that hot. Uh, did that, and um, they look good. I am concerned about the defense. That is a legit problem. And then I'm a little concerned, not a little, a lot concerned about this wide receiving core. They dressed three wide receivers, and that is it. That is all that came out on the field that was active Sunday. That's going to be a problem at some point in time. Oh, yeah. And and not all three of them are world beaters, okay? They're not all Brandon Cooks. So uh, that that's going to be an issue. Um, and just got to hope that some of those other guys get healthy. Um and and I'm, I have no idea what to expect from this team. Uh, they play Houston this coming week. Uh, we will see. They'll play a real good defense, uh, not a real good offense. So um, I'm 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 not confident going into any game right now. But I love watching what I watch Sunday. There you go. Hey, a little so bit of uh, a little bit of breaking news. It. Let me go in and, and jump in because uh, we're recording this on Monday. Michigan's leading receiver, true freshman Tarek Black, needs foot surgery and may not return this season. Oh God! That's so as, as the solid verbal deal. guys uh, say, like breaking news, dude. That's that's big. That's big because he has been a world beater in his first three games. That's right. So he's he's something gonna, else. That's right. It's gonna be a big deal. Oh yeah. And we'll have to. See what happens with that. Now, especially going into Purdue, they got to be able to put up points. I was just about to say they need points. Yeah, they're gonna need points. All right, back to NFL Titans. Uh, humongous ba- uh, bounce back win. Uh, we had to expect this from the Jags, right? They go into Houston and, and lay on the uh, the Texans pretty good, twenty nine to seven last week, and then Jacksonville goes home and gets slammed, thirty seven to sixteen. I think the Titans are still the best team in this division. They ran up last week against the Raiders. I think the Raiders are, if not the best team in football, they are one of the two best teams in football. And look, sometimes that crap's going to happen to you. Because, but they held close with Oakland. Uh, but they absolutely put a whipping on the Jaguars. 
You agree with that? This game was really close going into the middle of the third quarter and the third quarter, and then they just said, all right, we're done, and they just pounded them. Uh, and there was nothing. Jacksonville's defense is good, but but they eventually gave away. And, and you know, DeMarco Murray is hurt, got a little injury. Don't know how bad it is. Haven't heard anything or anything so far this morning. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how, how lingering that is or how long-term that is because we've seen in the past you need depth at running back. Every team that's good has a lot of running backs, not one. And every team that's bad usually has one guy that they lean on and he doesn't last the season. So, exactly. I'm um, curious to see how it's working out. Uh, the Chargers, uh, <laughs> smoking Jay Cutler's 1-0. The Dolphins go in. They beat the Chargers. This is is this disappointing for you? I mean that this is we 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 expected more out of this Chargers team. I think. Yeah, I was really excited about the Chargers this year just because they've had so much. In the past, they have lost games because of bad luck, and and that's the truth. They've had injury problems. They've they they, they can't stay healthy, or another team will just pull some rabbit out of their butt and and get so lucky with a with a call or a bounce or whatever. And I just felt like eventually that's going to stop happening. Well, and, and that has. These last two games, there was no luck. There was no major injury. There was no nothing. The Chargers just choked. They just choked. They were choking dogs. And that's it. So, so what I thought would happen would be that, that finally things would start going their way and then all they have to do is just stand up, play man football, and and win the game. Uh, we realize they they can't do that. They they just can't do that. Yeah. Maybe going out and hiring a guy that's never been anything but a running backs coach in his entire life as your head coach because Ladalian Thompson said, "Hey, I really like this guy when I was in the Jets." Wasn't the best idea. I think maybe you're that right. maybe that's not maybe that's not the best idea. And so and how how important are kickers? I'm not a GM. Uh, yeah, kickers matter too. Okay, they're important. <laughs> they're, yeah, people, we we crap on them as if they are not important. Go ask San Diego Chargers how important kickers are. They're like, oh, we'll just go get this little Korean kid kick a little bit in college, but he'd never seen a football until he was like seventeen years old. And so, you know, we'll try him out. You know, how hard can it be? Oh yeah, apparently it's real freaking hard. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like he hadn't made kicks. Obviously, he's made them. But in game-winning situations, he's had one blocked and then he missed one. Yeah, that's that's the problem. If anybody can make it when there's air and opportunity in front of you, Denver, it's, it's when it, the game is on the line. Can you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let, let's let's talk about Denver real quick. Denver forty-two, Dallas seventeen. It, tell me, <laughs> go ahead and tell me. First off, Trevor Simeon, I I see why he won this job. Uh, like I, I get. Uh, do you think we'd ever be saying that back to back weeks? Top no. five, top five quarterback in the NFL, four touchdowns in one game. I never, I never would have saw. I, I, I never would have even thought. You know, I thought it was just a bad quarterback competition. I thought Denver cannot win. Eventually, that defense is going to start giving up big plays because they're going to be out on the field too long. And I was wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. But let me tell you where I was not wrong. This is the Dallas Cowboys that I was expecting. This is the team that showed us if you hit them in the mouth, they'll just quit. They'll just absolutely quit. They will throw in the towel, and they don't They don't care anymore. They're done. They're done. Ezekiel Elliott had nine rushes for eight yards. Okay? Absolute garbage. Everybody on the sidelines was pointing the finger at him saying he ain't even trying. He don't even care right now. He don't even want to be here right now. Okay? That's a problem. That's a problem. Oh, yeah. Des Bryant caught running routes just halfway out there trying. Alligator arm dead. That's exactly what he's always been. Scared to take a lick, won't reach out for a ball, half-ass trying. If you hit them hard, they don't want to play football anymore. Game's over with. First thing Jason Garrett does, throws the quarterback under the bus. It's on him. This is on Dak. It's all Dak's fault right here. That's what I. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. See, Cowboys can't have anything too good too long, because this is what happens. 
eventually adversity comes. See, last year they ran into no adversity at all the entire season into the playoffs. There was yep. only one team that they couldn't beat. And now they get hit in the mouth early, and the first thing everybody's doing is pointing fingers right now. Oh, but what about what he did? What about what he did? He's not trying hard. This is his fault. The only guy that stepped up and took any personal responsibility or accountability was Dak. I got to be better. Look, man, I've kind of crapped on Dak, and I haven't given him his credit all the time that he's probably due. But I'm going to tell you this. He stood up. He said, this is on me. Dak, this ain't your fault. This ain't your fault. You can't make Desmond try harder. You can't make Ezekiel Elliott try harder. There's nothing you can do to make those guys try harder. And you can't make They've that defense better. Really good. Nope. They've always been really good their entire life, and they've never had a whole lot of adversity on the football field. And as soon as they do have it, for the first time ever, they quit. They quit on their team. They quit on everybody. They just walk away. Yeah. That's not on Dak. That's not on Dak at all. And Jason Garrett, shame on you, you ginger bastard, for trying to put it on him. <laughs> shame on you. Look, let's let's talk so about some more scary, bad teams. Tired a lot of them right let's, now. let's talk about some more bad teams. All right, the NFC West is awful. Seattle is bad. Yeah, they're dead. Arizona, look, had to go to overtime to they're squeak bad. by no, the bad. Colts. They're bad. At, like San no, Francisco's bad. bad. When you barely beat the Colts, when you barely beat the Colts, you're bad. Yeah, yeah, and the Rams are. I mean, gracious! I don't even know what to think of them. Forty nine is bad. That whole division is bad. Yeah, like if we could just bury a division right now. I was wrong. I was wrong on Seattle. I was so wrong on Seattle. I knew they didn't have a good offensive line. It don't matter. 49ers didn't get a big pass rush last week, and they still couldn't complete passes. That offense was garbage yesterday. Yeah. That's that bad football team. That, I don't know that those guys, any of the four of them, are going to win many games outside of their division. Oh, no. Not not many. They if any of them have a chance, up. it'd be Seattle if they get something clicking. But I, I don't see it. It's, it's bad. Well, let, let, and here's the worst part about it. See, we, right. We've been bad. I've watched bad football, and it's been fine. All four of these teams are not only bad, they're boring. Oh, yeah. That's the worst thing you could be in football. That, I boring. Agree that. Boring. Really bad. Like, really, really bad. Right, let's close out with uh, with a good team. The Falcons beat up on uh, Green Bay last night. Uh, Green Bay's got some real flaws. Their offensive line looks weak. Defense isn't as good as they looked uh, in, in week one against Seattle. But obviously that's not too hard to look good against Seattle. Um, I think I think Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn are going to be just a great combo for a while. So the, the Falcons look like maybe the best overall team in the NFL right now. They're the best team. And I don't, I don't even think it's close. I don't think Oakland is close to them. I don't think the Steelers are close to them. And I think those are the only two teams that are in the conversation with them. Okay? I, I think Oakland think is close. close. I think I, Oakland is close. But, I mean. Oakland doesn't have the depth that these guys have. Oakland, if anything happens to Marshawn Lynch, we're asking an, a, an over-30 guy that sat out an entire season who's real fresh right now. For a playoff football to be healthy and running hard and good, I don't know that that's going to happen all the time. Marshawn goes down, that run team goes down. All right, so let's just be careful. They beat up on the Jets this week, all right? Let's just be real careful how we judge them. This team is good. They're real good. I was worried about a Super Bowl hangover, and I'll tell you this. We talked about this after week one. Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn both, Rewatch the Super Bowl over and over and over and over and over again. They refuse to let losing that game beat them twice. And that's impressive because usually Super Bowl teams that get beat up like that or have a big collapse or something of that nature will ignore it. Oh, we're not going to watch the film. We don't need to worry about what happened there. We're just going to move forward. And for some reason, it, 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 they never do. They never get closure from it. I think these guys did. I agree with you. I think Dan Quinn might be the best defensive mind in football. And I think Matt Ryan is maybe the smartest quarterback in the NFL. He's up there as top two or three with, with just intelligence. Julio Jones is a freak. Devontae Freeman is a freak. That offensive line is good. And that defense is scary. 
and they beat up on OA Aaron. Yeah, they they really and exactly, did. exactly. I'll tell you this: I watched I watched Aaron Rodgers walk to the sidelines after going three and out three or four times, and the look on his face of just pure disgust and annoyance was glorious. I told you that I thought he was going to end up looking like Troy Aikman towards the end of his career in Dallas, where nobody was holding anybody else accountable. He's the only guy out there that's really trying. When people make mistakes, nobody's really getting on them, and he is just fed up with it. And I don't think that Green Bay is as good as everybody made them out to be. Their offensive line was not good going into the season. They're still not good. That defense looked really good, man. Look at the pressure they got on Russell Wilson. Man, everybody's getting pressure on Russell Wilson. That ain't nothing new. That's nothing special. Yeah. They couldn't get pressure on Matt Ryan. They couldn't stop that run game. That defense was garbage last night. Hot no, garbage. It definitely was. It, here's here's uh, Atlanta's next three games. At Detroit, and they host Buffalo and Miami. They'll they'll be 5-0 and going into New England on October 22nd. Oh, and I'll, I'll tell you this: this Atlanta team, unless they, unless injuries hit Atlanta, they will beat New England by a lot. That won't be close. It'll look a lot like the Kansas City game. I'm telling you right now, New England doesn't have the defense to hang with these guys at all. And offensively, they're not nearly as good as Atlanta. Atlanta is the best team in the country. Yeah, and I, I, don't I think, think it's I agree. Close. I think I do. Agree. I don't think it's close. They're scary. They're the first team that I think we're going to see lose the Super Bowl, make it back to the Super Bowl next year and win it. And I don't think it's I don't think anybody's getting in their way. They're not gonna go sixteen and oh, not saying that, but I don't think anybody's gonna get in their way. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. All right, that's gonna wrap it up. It's time for the rundown. Remember check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, Facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter at Winning Cures. You can follow myself at Gary WCE. You can follow me at Chris B Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time... Have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes, and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.